Conversations with Daniel Noor, tackling the tough questions on cradio.org.au. Hello, Cradio listeners. My name is Daniel Noor, and when I entered the Catholic Church on September the 21st, 2013, I brought all of my confusion, anxiety, and uncertainty right in with me. As a young journalist searching for the truth, every week I'll be interviewing an expert on a hot topic and trying to get straight answers on the moral, political and social issues of the day. I invite you to join me and to have your questions answered about today's tough topics as well. This is Conversations with Daniel Noor. Father Patrick McInerney is a Sydney-based priest who has worked with the St Columban Mission Society Centre for Christian-Muslim Relations. He feels passionately about the subject and has been working in the field of Muslim-Christian dialogue since he was first assigned to Pakistan in 1979. I last spoke to Father Patrick about some of the negative threats to understanding and mutual tolerance that we've seen in the news lately, especially around the issue of Muslim and Christian relations, especially of Islam in Australia more generally. But today I want to expand the conversation and to find out more about how we can engender a fruitful, diverse and kinder society in Australia. Father Patrick, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Daniel. One of the initiatives that we're talking about today, in fact, really it's the reason for our time together, is Youth Power. Youth Power is a conference. Uh, It's Power here is Parliament of the World's Religions. It's an abbreviation, and it invites young people, 17 to 35, from diverse faith backgrounds to have a voice and a vote in shaping our multi-religious and multicultural society. It's happening shortly in Sydney. And Father, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about this event and just what made you think it would be a good idea. The basic reason for this event is that having attended interfaith and multi-faith events over a good number of years, I realized that most of the participants were grey-haired, like myself. And I realized that if interfaith dialogue, interfaith relations are to have a future, young people have to be involved. And so this is the initiative that we came up with. Uh, We provide a platform for young people to come together, to meet, to discuss And because we call it a parliament, what a parliament does is enact legislation. Well, we're not exactly a legislative body, but we do give people a vote so that they can vote on issues of concern to young people. Mm. Father, it's a difficult time in the world today. I think that's rather a cliched thing to say. Perhaps it's something that people say in every generation. But looking at the news, I certainly do feel disheartened and discouraged and I'm only 25. I can't imagine how others feel. If you could tell me a little bit more about what you think the real potential is for producing positive change, social change, and whether it can come from such a gathering of people in my age group. One of the issues that we face today is, uh, you call it discrimination, uh, negative stereotyping of people. Um, A particular issue, of course, is Islamophobia, the very negative stereotypical image that is often associated with Islam and Muslims, with violence and terrorism and so on. Uh, What's really important about gatherings like Youth Power is that people actually meet so that 
the other has a name and a face. They become a real human person, not just an abstraction, not just a media image or a stereotype. So that meeting of people is very important. And that's what we need to promote today. When we actually meet people face to face, when we look them in the eyes, when we get to know them, then we discover that they actually have the same hopes, fears, joys, anxieties and confusions that we have. Uh, and it breaks down the stereotype because it's now a person that we know, mm. not just an abstraction. Mm. And they're often religious people who we're coming to understand. In fact, it's from diverse faith backgrounds, that phrase in particular, which I suppose is the basis for uh, mm. the selection of participants in the Youth Power Parliament. Could mm. you tell me just why do you think religion has to be put forward or at least represented as mm. a means of creating viable change in society? Mm. That's a very uh, profound question, Daniel. Traditionally, religion, relationship to God, or relationship to what is ultimate in life, has been and continues to be a determining force, a guiding force, an attracting force uh, in people's lives. Um, in some of the Western countries, religion is seen to be on the decline, mm. the number of people in the census, which we will see in a few weeks' time, I suppose. A census we uh, filled out here in Australia very recently, yes. Mm. The, what's expected in that to show the trend that's been over the last number of decades anyway is the number of people associating with a religion is declining dramatically. Uh, but while that's true in Western so-called Western countries, it's not true across the world. You know, religion is, is thriving. Uh, religion is big business in some places. Um, and religion is still an important factor in people's lives in Australia as well. Yes. If people say they're not religious, they'll often say, well, I'm spiritual. Uh, they don't identify with any of the major traditions, but they appreciate the values and the, um, yeah, they appreciate the values that these religions have represented for them for generations. Mm. Some people would say that any real change, any really productive change in society has to happen along political lines. And that's to say you need to create bills, you need to lobby groups mm. or, or parliament. We've had lots of organisations in Australia that exist on that very basis, organisations like Get Up or various crowdfunding funding campaigns, that kind of a thing. This isn't like that. Mm. What's the difference here and, and why do you think it's an important difference? Mm. Um, I'm not sure that the youth power is all that different in one sense. It's just a different group of people, mm. groups of people coming together to have a common voice. Mm. Uh, so in that sense, it is a lobby group. Mm. You know, we're, we're, uh, the young people will be putting forward proposals that yes. they will support. And they will be presenting them to civic leaders and to religious leaders. Um, Ultimately, of course, in terms of legislation, it's the governments that rule. But someone said very wisely, when the people lead, the leaders will follow. It's up to us to be presenting our concerns to the politicians. Mm. And ultimately, the politicians will heed. Otherwise, they don't get voted in. Mm. Father, can we talk now a bit about the specific issues that we're looking to 
uh, tackle. I know mm. that on this list of, uh, I suppose, topics to be discussed, one of those that comes up is refugees. If you don't mind me sharing a little bit about uh, that description now, mm. it's that in the name of justice, compassion and a fair go for those driven out of their homes, we are ashamed that mandatory and indefinite detention and offshore processing of asylum seekers on Nauru and Malis, or rather Manus Island further harm refugees who are already traumatised. We ask for the immediate end to the, the inhumane practices that we're seeing and that the humanitarian program be increased to 20,000 places per annum, of which 12,000 be allocated for refugees off the back of the government's recent announcement. I think it was last year that we would have an increase in the refugee intake. Practically speaking, I think that how that has implications for the number of onshore refugees who are able to be received into Australia, and that if we are to increase the quota overall, we'll have a much more equitable system. And that's in keeping with other parts of the world and their practices, like Germany, which doesn't uh, allow a kind of conglomeration of its onshore and its offshore refugee quotas. I think it was two nights ago on an Australian TV show called Q&A that uh, the speaker, Corinne Grant, said that the Australian Border Force Act ensured that systematic cruelty to asylum seekers would be hidden and would be made vague and inaccessible information to the Australian public. And Father, in the face of these huge challenges, especially the global refugee crisis that we're seeing in the world today, I'm wondering what good do you think that this conversation happening at the Youth Power Conference can have for society overall and to solve these problems? Again, um, I would agree entirely with what uh, Corinne Grant said on the Q&A program. And that's the, the issue here, that refugees and asylum seekers are being kept out of Australia. They don't have a face. We can't see them. There's no reporting. We don't know what's happening to them in our name other than some of the leaked reports that come through. And it is absolutely clear that people are being harmed. People who are seeking asylum are actually suffering more harm and it's being done in our name. And that is unacceptable. Um, what you've quoted there is, is a proposal to political leaders to change the laws around about this. But there's another quote that's also to religious leaders because in all of the world's religions, there is some form of assurance of the value and the dignity of the human person. And very often, uh, it's how we treat the stranger, the one who is not like us, which actually, in some scriptures, determines our eternal destiny. Mm. So here we have asylum seekers coming from other countries, seeking refuge, in our country and they get turned away and we feel this is a religious issue um, and so we have a responsibility to speak up in the name of God in the name of the dignity of these people to say that they have value in God's eyes and in our eyes and we would like them to be accorded the respect and the safety which is due to every person mm. and if we don't do that then we are failing in our civic and religious responsibility. Do you think that that's a perspective that many Australians share? Many Australians do share it. Now, obviously, there are some who don't. Um, 
But the reason, I think, behind it is again this lack of transparency, this lack of openness, the lack of knowledge. If we could see these people face to face and get to know their stories, we would actually be filled with compassion, not with fear. And what's driving us at the moment is fear. Fear of the stranger, fear of the person who is other, fear of the person who is different. Uh, and it's, it's quite unfair to those people. Mm. Is Australia a racist country, Father? And does youth power represent an outlier? Is it a group of people who perhaps are a bit more open-minded and a bit more tolerant than many parts of society? I think uh, it is clear that Australia has a long-standing, as they some say, an underbelly of racism, that it comes out at different times. Um, I'd like to think that that's, that's certainly not the best part of Australia. The best part of Australia talks about a fair go, uh, where an egalitarian society, uh, we're mates together. So there is that, that's the better part of Australian society. And I'd like to think that that's what we need to build on. And I think youth power uh, would represent that positive side of the Australian character. All of these young people who will meet in, in two weeks' time from different religions, many of them grew up here, they are born here. So these world religions are actually also now Australian religions. These people have the same values of welcome, egalitarianism, fair go, and in the name of their religions they want to promote justice and compassion. In fact, that's the theme of youth power, as you can see on that program, towards a more compassionate and just society. Mm. So young people from their different faith perspectives will come and share those values and address issues in the light of those values. Another one of the issues that's going to be addressed is that of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. The proposal being put forward is that in the spirit of justice and reconciliation, all major religious celebrations and all places of worship include an acknowledgement of the local Indigenous peoples of this country, and that we partner with members of these Indigenous communities as faith communities to provide services to encourage Indigenous leadership and uh, the handing on of Aboriginal wisdom to future generations and to young Aboriginals today. It's the oldest living culture in the world, is the last line of the proposal. Mm. Father, could you tell us a little bit more about the issue of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, perhaps disenfranchisement in this country, and mm. why that has made it to the youth power proposal list? Mm. Well, the obvious answer is that it's part of our Australian story. And too often, it's a neglected and suppressed part of our Australian story. As you highlighted, the Aborigines is the oldest living culture in the world. They've been here 60,000 years. The rest of us have come in the last just over 200 years. All of us are boat people or plane people. Uh, the only difference is the number of generations. Um, but the Aborigines are the first peoples of Australia and we feel that needs to be acknowledged appropriately in our history, in our um, foundational documents, whether that's constitutional recognition or some other form of appropriate recognition. And the values and the wisdom that the Aboriginal people carry over these thousands of years 
needs to be carried on today to us to, so that we can live better in this country, mm. so we can live better on this land. Do you think the plight of Aboriginal people today is well known or appreciated by mainstream Australia? No, it is not well known. Uh, and I would also be guilty of that myself. You know, I live here in Sydney. Um, I do meet Aborigines from time to time, but I don't have a lot of experience of the conditions that the Aboriginal people suffer um, in other parts of uh, Sydney or other parts of Australia. Mm. And some, in some places, from all I read in, in the reports and in newspaper and television, they're living in dire circumstances. Mm. Father, I guess what I'm asking is, this is an opportunity to talk. And it's not the only one of its kind. There are other organisations that have maybe a similar ethos, bringing people together to create positive social change. Do you think that discussion is in itself good enough to create this change? Is it, and I don't mean to be disparaging, if, if we were talking more, do you think that these would, this would solve some of these problems merely by having conversation? Just having conversation is not enough. The conversation has to be followed by action. Uh-huh. Uh, but we first have, have to listen. We have to listen to understand what are the issues, what are the hurts, what are the grievances that have been carried in these last couple of hundred years. And, and how can we resolve those? How can we address those? Mm. Um, so one of the actions that we would propose there to religious leaders, it's very customary now at any civic event that there is an acknowledgement of land. Well, we think religious services on major occasions should also do a similar acknowledgement of the spiritual tradition of the Aboriginal peoples. Mm. Um, I was in a parish recently where they had a... Uh, a marker in the grounds of the parish with a footprint and a statement saying that the Aboriginal peoples have walked on this land for thousands of years. So just to have that acknowledgement mm. in uh, religious institutions is a step in the right direction. Mm. And yes, from the listening, from the conversation, we will discover what further steps we need to make. Um, and hopefully over a period of time then we can transform our own attitudes and bring about a social change. Yes. I think we take it for granted perhaps that these kinds of conversations are important or perhaps not so much that they're important mm-hmm. but that they're um, that they're happening that they will happen and that people talk. But of course unless mm-hmm. unless these issues are discussed the issue of religious freedom, for example, of refugees, of domestic violence, the environment, mental health, and Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, there can be no change. Because unless it's in the public debate, unless it's in the public consciousness, people with power, politicians and lawmakers, and those with with money as well, won't feel the need to do anything. They're not responding to anything. I I think we take that um, for granted. And, um, And of course, the politicians have power, only because we give it to them. Yes. And that is one of the beautiful things I like about the name of this event, Youth Power, Yes, that it's reclaiming our own power, that Mm. we have power as a parliament of the world's religions to say to our leaders, both civic and religious, this is what we want. 
Yes. Father, is there anything else that we should know about this great event happening in Sydney? And perhaps is there a way that listeners can be involved, maybe if they're not in the city at the time or if they're not able to make it? Well, if you can't make it, you're missing out on a what will be a very, I hope, fantastic, very positive, energetic uh, event. Uh-huh. It will be reported in the media. Um, so check us out on Facebook. The, see our Facebook page, like our event, uh, and you'll see further reports there. And we hope on, on the night we'll provide uh, possibilities that people might come together in local areas to do other things as well. You can find out more about this exciting event happening, Youth Power. It's the 3rd of September in uh, Sydney uh, this year. It's Youth Power, and that's youth, P-O-W-R, dot eventbrite, B-R-I-T-E, eventbrite.com.au, and Facebook forward slash youth dot power, P-O-W-R. Father Patrick McInerney, we thank you so much for joining us today and for telling us about this exciting and inspiring event happening in Sydney. Thank you, Daniel, and hope to see you at Youth Power too. Yes, I will be With your friends. I will bring them along. Bring them along. You've been listening to an episode of Conversations with Daniel Noor. And for more episodes of Conversations, and for more talks, interviews, and shows, visit cradio.org.au.